Well, you know what that musical tune means. It's time for Brooklyn Paper Radio recording live from downtown Brooklyn. That's America's downtown from the Brooklyn Paper Building. I, of course, am Gersh Kuntzman, editor emeritus of these Brooklyn Papers, along with my <laughs> beloved pal. I say beloved because I'm very secure in my heterosexuality. My beloved pal, Vince DiMaselli, the current editor of these Brooklyn Papers. Vince, it is our annual back-to-school edition. I'm very excited about this First day of school today. We got kids at the schools. We're going to talk to Park Slope parents creator Susan Fox. We're going to talk to an actual public school student. We're going to talk to... Public school students, plural. We're going to talk to several public school students. But you know what? Back-to-school, all that means is summer's over, baby. It's over. Summer's over. Now, back-to-school and end-of-summer means... Well, the Cyclones had another disaster. Oh, horrible let season. Our boys year. down in Coney Island let us down. Very bad. It means there's another shooting at the Juve. We're going to talk to Alexandra Simon, our yep. reporter on that. She's going to be on. She's going to come on in a second. And you know what it also means? What? It also means I read some books this summer. What'd you read this summer, Vince? Oh, me? I read, I think I read two books this summer. I read On on Writing yeah, the by Stephen, Stephen King. King. Stephen Very King. good. Very good. You know what he talked about in that book, Gersh? What? He spoke of writing in Active voice. Always, because passive voice is what Russians do. Because they're victims of a dictatorship for centuries, their language reflects it. Now, active voice is the language of aggressive America. Yeah, this is what we the, the people, people on s- the move who settled the West, grabbing the bull by the horns, exactly, and making things happen. We active are people voice. who do things. We do not have things done to us. I also read uh, to have and have not. Oh, good book. That was uh, a Hemingway? Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. Hemingway. Yeah. Well, I read. I got to tell you something. I was so excited by the Trump campaign this summer. I'm covering it. Not. I'm not excited about Donald Trump. But I read the Plot Against America, which mm. is a Philip Roth novel, and I recommend it highly. It was written in 2002 and almost predicts the rise of Donald Trump. It predicts the rise of Donald Trump in what way? How is it actually predicting it's, that? It's it's a it's a fictional it's a fiction, fictional account it's a fictional account of what would have happened if Charles Lindbergh renowned anti-semite had become president the 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 uh, the pilot the pilot who was a renowned anti-semite in mm. real life if he had become president instead of Roosevelt in 1940 I didn't even know he was running <laughs> he didn't it's a fiction oh he almost ran had he won he would have kept us out of World War II that would have been his uh, that's what he spoke about privately and we and we would have lost World War Two. But he wasn't even considering a run, was he? He completely was considering a run. Oh, he was. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like based on yeah. a certain reality, possibly in a in another universe, an maybe alternate reality, an alternate universe. But it was very believable, and it and it showed how American democracy is is hanging like a sword of Damocles over our heads at all times. Now, if there were an alternate universe where this happened. Would we be living in that alternate universe not, as not well? Not me. My family would have been killed, but your family would have been fine. Oh, okay. Okay, good. anyway, so that's Philip Roth. If, and Philip Roth, if you're listening, 718-260-4502. That's always the Brooklyn Paper Radio hotline. And I think Philip Roth is the kind of guy who would pick up the phone right now and say, you don't know anything about the plot against America. You didn't read my book. And I was like, I did. I read that book. And how long did it take you? Took me. I, well, I was I had my passport problem at the airport, as you remember. Mm-hmm. So I read it in like two days. Anyway, we got to get out. Yeah. We have serious news to report in Brooklyn. Juve. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the Yankees. No, Juve. Let's get her in here because she's she's. Can I call her? Yeah, of course you can. You know how this thing works? I'm getting her in here. I got to get you a phone with a dial on it. That'd like, be good. Like in the uh, Stranger Things show. Alexandra Simon, this is Gersh Kuntzman of Brooklyn Paper Radio, joined by Vince DiMaselli. Are you ready to come on in here and talk about Juve? Sure. Come on in. 
Now, you sure you're pronouncing that right? I actually am pronouncing it right. I speak it's French. Not, it's not Juvert. No, I speak un peu, un peu de Francais. Because, Juvet. Because they say Detroit. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get her in here. She'll so it's not. All. Are you saying it's pronounced Detroit or Why not? Why does that happen? I don't know what you're doing over there. I'm telling you, I'm gonna get you a phone with a dial on it, a big yellow phone with a dial on it that hangs on the wall. Does she know where the studio is? I don't know. It's a long. Oh, you, walk. Lo- oh, you locked the door. J- Johnny locked the door, so we call her oh up. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here she comes. We locked her out. Alexandra Simon, a top level, award nominated, award deserving reporter. For Caribbean Life, now I say Caribbean, I don't say Caribbean, but you say Caribbean Life? I mix it up. Caribbean Life newspaper, which covers not just the Labor Day Parade every year, but also the Juve excitement every year. Now, for our readers... Caribbean Life, by the way, had two previews of the of the uh, carnival, as we call it. Well, a lot of two ad- previews, lot two of, weeks in a row. A lot of advertising money to be uh, two weeks in, in a community. row. Very exciting. Do you remember anyway, that? You saw those? You saw those sections? Yeah. Alexandra. Alexandra. First of all, it's great to have you on the show again. You've been on before, She's right? been on before. No, she says no. Oh, well, you know how this... Let's get a sound check. Give me a sound check. <laughs> That's no, so no, no, no. Just get close. That's so professional. Now, you don't know how we do this. I'm going to tell you right now. Don't look at us. Focus on the microphone, listen in your ears, and that's it. Don't look at us, and don't be afraid. Right. We're going to have Vince, a good time. couldn't we have worked that out in advance? I just like to point it out every time someone new well, comes Al- in here. Alexandra, as you know, we are recording live from the Brooklyn Paper and Caribbean Life building. A lot. It's very. It's an awesome responsibility. But there's nobody better than Alexandra Simon, an award-nominated reporter, to talk to us about Juve. Now, Alexandra, first for our listeners who don't maybe don't go to the parade, explain to us what the Juve uh, ceremony is. Okay, so the Juve parade is. It's uh, it's it's actually French for um, it's called, um, it's it's the word called daybreak. So Juve. I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yes. Okay. Um, ju- Juve. Yeah. So basically, it's um the days um, before carnival and it's usually like the hours before which is the early morning hours and and what do people do at yeah, this point? what is the juve what are they actually out there doing they're act- they're out there um they're out there dressed as like i guess you could say um carnival characters which is like some characters from trinidadian folklore which is like a devil mm. Ooh. You know, some yeah particularly the devil if you if you ever seen some photos you'll see pitch people with horns Lots of horns, and lots of isn't there like so, kind of like like powdery makeup and stuff like that, almost zombie esque. Yeah, they'll throw um it's, well in Trinidad, I'm sure they throw talc, but yeah, they just throw um baby powder as a replacement, and they'll throw oil. All right, so oh. it's like a pre-carnival carnival. Yeah. All right, now you you were there this year, or you were not were not there. I was not there. Okay, but you covered it in years past. You've covered it this year. What happened at this year's Juve? Mm-hmm. Well, this year I found out that um there was um some lot of violent incidents. That happened specifically um, two shootings that cost the lives of two people. Two two separate shootings resulting in two fatalities. Yep, that's a horrible situation. Last year there was a shooting as well that that claimed the life of a former Cuomo aide. Mm-hmm. What is going on with the Juve? Is my question. Well, a lot of sp- people that I spoke to, um, well, Tuesday, they told me that um, these are like isolated incidents, and they say that people tend to blame the parade um, in in regards to all the violence. People say that. Violence happens in Crown Heights all the time, but mm-hmm. once it's the season of the parade, people start to like really hyper focus on the violence that happens, and it's not the parade that causes the violence. So, is there a possibility that if this parade was not happening at this particular time, these people would still have been shot and yep. killed? That yep. you, so that possibility. So this was this. So it didn't have anything to do with the fact that they were at the parade. Yep. Interesting. Well, well, that, that's true. Obviously, there's violence all over the city. But you know, Alexandra, people are calling for an end to this celebration because obviously the masses of crowds 
make it more likely that someone would be a victim of a shooting because just as more people, right? So you know what people are calling for ending this. What do you think about that? I disagree. I don't think they should shut it down. I mean, um, I did spe- I did get a chance to speak with the vice president of the um, the um, Duver International um, Incorporated, and mm-hmm. he did tell me that um, he does he he does appreciate NYPD for all the all the work that they did this year because um, it's the first time they got um, the NYPD permit, and he said that um, they they um, really work well with the community to to make sure that they felt safe. He just said that um, because of the fact that it's not barricaded and, and people are, can just come from the sidewalk and join the um, um, the masqueraders, he said that um, that's possibly the reason why it's it's not as organized as the West Indian Day Parade. And he hopes that in the future it can be a lot more controlled. So this was the first time that it was actually sanctioned by the city in the past. Uh, basically, this has been like a uh, maybe just, it's an event that people just that just happened organically. You know, based on the fact that the the parade was going to happen before, but it had never actually been sanctioned. Now, has the group uh, the the group that you spoke with have they been around a long time? Yep, they've and been here. Um, they've been um, organizing since 1984. So they have been organizing it that long, but it's just never been sanctioned by the city. Nope. Wow. Well, so, so 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 the first year the the city actually sets up regulations mm-hmm. doesn't seem to change anything. Well, I mean. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And it's not like this is a parade where people are marching down the street or something like that. This is just gatherings of people in a a given area, correct? Well, that's how it was. But, I mean, it always started at Grand Army Plaza and ended at Nostrand. So it went the other way because the parade starts in Crown Heights and ends up at Grand Army Plaza. um, That's the West Indian Day Parade um, at at 10 a.m. The the Juve Parade in the early morning hours starts at. Grand Army yeah. Plaza. So it goes the other way. Yeah. Goes the other yeah. way. Empire, yeah. Wow, okay. that's fantastic. I, didn't even, I actually didn't even know that. No. Now, have you ever been to the Juve Parade? Um, when I was a teenager. Ah, okay. So what? a teenager. And okay. ha- all right. Well, that's, I mean, it, it obviously is an important part of the community, the par- important part of the celebration of the um, West Indian Carnival, right? It's part of it now at this point. Yep. So all these people are saying you got to get rid of it. Well, you know, how does that work? I mean, look, I got Israel Day's got a parade. Uh, d- the Dominicans have a parade. Uh, Indian Americans have a parade. Everyone's got a parade. Puerto Rican Day parade. Puerto Rican Day Everyone's parade. got a parade, right? Yes. So how could you get rid of someone's parade? That's exactly why I disagree with shutting down. Well, I'm, 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 I'm hearing that. But no, but you know what I'm talking about? All these people, oh, we got to get rid of the parade. Look. There was violence at the Dominican, at the Puerto Rican Day Parade a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. We this didn't year, shut it down. This year it was sanctioned in Brooklyn. And again, it was, you know, the police were involved and there there were no incidents uh, that I can recall. Okay. We got to get out. Alexandra, we're on a big topic. You know, it's our back to school, end of summer edition. Yeah. Totally off topic. What was on your summer reading list this summer and what did you get done? Um, I read an autobiography of Ida B. Wells. Ida B. Wells. Hmm. Who is that Ida B. Yeah. Wells? Is that from Wells Fargo? She's a journalist. She's That's a good guess. <laughs> I'm trying. She She's was one of those muckraking journalists from yes. the 20s. Yeah, yep. muckraker. Yep. Was she from the 20s? Yes. Yep. Okay, who'd she work for? Um, <laughs> I can't remember the name. We <laughs> asked the tough questions. You want to come in this room? Wait, are you sure that wasn't Ida Tarbell? No. But she was another one, wasn't she? She exposed the lynchings in the 20s. That's pretty good. That's good. I work. looked up that Fitzgreen guy, by the way, that you spoke of last oh, week. Oh, Fitzgreen Halleck last week. Yeah, it turns out he wasn't a journalist. No, totally was a journalist. No, he was a poet. No, that, that, you don't know what you're talking about. I Look, looked it up. Alexandra, listen, you read a book that's great. Do you recommend this book? What was it called? It's 
called The Autobiography of Ida B. Wells. That's the pretty bad autobiography. title. You can yeah, tell a book by that cover. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what's that book about? Oh, it's probably about Ida B. Wells. <laughs> like you couldn't, you couldn't even. You call Is there it a like, subtitle? I love books nowadays. They all have that title and then yeah, the subtitle. Yeah, I would have called it "Strange Fruit." The, the Ida, <laughs> Ida B. Wells exposes the lynchings of the twenties, right? Mm, only if it was about Billie Holiday. No, no, no the, but the song is about lynchings. Which song is that? Strange Fruit. Oh, I don't, I don't know that. By no. Billie Holiday. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm making a, po- a larger point about book titles. That's what I'm doing, Alexandra. And that's what I do. I do I ask the tough questions. So let me ask you. You're for this parade, this this gathering. Are you going next year? Yeah, maybe. Oh, there we go. Well, I, we I expected her to dodge that question. I thought so, too. Well, it was a maybe. It is kind of a dodge. dodge. That's a dodge. I that's mean, dodge. I didn't go this year, so why not? And plus, I'm a Caribbean life reporter, so why not? <laughs> Well, well I'm not going to force you to go. <laughs> you should no. Of course, you should go. Someone's got to come. I'm not going to force you to go. I'm not going to say you have to go. I don't know. It's like three events of the year that a Caribbean life reporter has to go to, and Juve and the parade is one of them. You got to get up at like four o'clock in the morning, Gersh. I I got to pay overtime Alexander, for that. I got to budget. Alexander, was there ever a time, as a reporter, where you said, you know what? I know where this story's going, mm-hmm. but I'm not going there. That's exactly why I wasn't interested going this year. Interesting. But so you did say, yes, I'm not going there. Yes, I'm not going. Yes. Wow. Because as a reporter, Vince, you know, wherever the story took me, That's I went. Mo- yeah. Now, most of the time it was to a diner. A lot of times. But sometimes it was the underbelly. Remember when they killed all those geese in Prospect Park? Oh, yeah. The we went all the way. J- Johnny, we took that all the way to the White House. We did. Nice. Thank you. It's all, all, right. s- it's all Sully's fault. <laughs> Alexander, we got to get out. Thanks for coming on the show. Great job. Anything else you want to add? We always let our guests plug something. Yeah, anything something? else? You got anything else? Um, come out to Juve next year. <laughs> come out to Juve next year. Strength in numbers. All right. There you go. Alexander, we got to get out. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Rousing a round of applause from Johnny there. Johnny, thank you for that. Johnny. Alexander, thank you. And make sure when you leave, make sure you slam the door really tight because we want every, our listeners to know that we actually have a studio here. There's a real studio. Into and out of which people come. There she goes. Like, really slam later. it. Just slam it. There she goes. There she goes. Wow, that she was did. great. She slammed it. Great segment. Great segment. All right, so we got to get out. Okay. I start right where I left off. What happened? I'm freaking hungry is where, where I left off. Gersh, I am starving. You know what I ate today? What would you eat today? I had a, uh, my wife made me a delicious, like, yogurt. And uh, it was yogurt and, and, and ancient grain cereal. There's no way that held you. There's no, no way it, it held you. It didn't. It did not hold no, me. No, that'll last yogurt, for an hour. Yogurt and ancient grains. And then I had a whole... Like, did they call that a cob of corn? What would you call that? It's a corn on the cob. An ear of corn. An ear. <laughs> okay, it's an ear of corn. <laughs> but why is it corn on the cob then? How could you? Of all the things, like, I'm Alzheimer's, like, to, to, to the ground. But how do you forget the word for an ear of corn? I, I, is that what it's called? <laughs> Literally. Are yes. you sure? Yes. It's an ear of corn. But I call it corn on the cob. Yeah, corn on the cob. But an ear of corn, it's like saying, uh, you know, why can't steak, it be a cob of corn? Steak on the bone, but you, you would still call it like a sirloin steak. Oh, you call it a Speaking of sirloin steaks. Oh, what about? When I go to Atlas Steakhouse, first of all, I choose whatever steak I want. And I always order the New York Strip. Why? Because it's my favorite cut. But also, I know at Atlas Steak, after I pick that cut, they're going to take it back to the kitchen. They're going to cook it to tender perfection. Yeah. But while they're cooking it, mm-hmm. I'm going to get, I'm either going to get a glass of wine from their vintage or. They got a lot of those. There. I'm going to go with a signature cocktail like the Godfather. Uh, you've had that before. While the while I'm sipping that cocktail, I'm mm-hmm. going to enjoy a succulent appetizer. As you know, I had the, co- the crab cakes; they were fantastic. You enjoyed the crab cakes, if I remember. Correctly. And then, just as I'm taking that last bite of the um, crab cake, 
The waiter takes it away. I take one little sip of my cocktail. I'm like, oh, that was so good. And I look up, I open my eyes, and there's the main course. It arrives. It's right there. Exactly the way I ordered it. And that's when I understand that Atlas sizzling, Steakhouse sizzling always, always gives you a cut above the rest. That's Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. Or, of course, on the web at atlassteak.com. Hey, Gersh. I want to do this as like a question and answer. So let's sure, see, let's see where, it. work let's with me it. on this. When was the last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? No, never. Never? Never. Well, then who would you think it's time to see? Well, uh, Joseph Lichter. And why do you want to see Dr. Joseph Lichter? Because he offers all that stuff like Invisalign and, and, and cleanings and braces at a fraction of the cost of those high-class Brooklyn Heights dentists. Yeah, so they're saying like right now his prices are even more affordable. Isn't Wait, that correct? More, more than before? More than before. This guy's unbelievable. Like you know why? Crazy because, Eddie of dentistry. Yeah, it's like the, it's the li- listeners of Brooklyn Paper Radio can get special low prices on some of Dr. Lichter's most popular procedures. You mentioned Invisalign. I did. Usually can cost five thousand or more. How much you think it is? How much you think you'll save at Dr. Joseph? Oh, I'm going to save at least a thousand dollars. That's correct. Wow. You've yeah. heard about porcelain veneers? I, I can, never did. I never did. Well, porcelain veneers can go for a thousand dollars or more, but at Dr. Joseph Lichter, do you know how much he'll pay? Eight hundred. Six seventy-five. I, I, I'm in. There you go. Where do I sign? And as you know, you want to get that bright smile you've always dreamed of because for a limited time, Dr. Lichter is offering the Zoom teeth mm. whitening procedure for only Gersh. I don't know. Zoom teeth whitening? $1,000. $395. Oh, my God. It's a fire Call sale. Dr. Lichter's office today at 718-339-7878 to set up an appointment that will make you smile. That's 718-339-7878. Dr. Lichter is located at 1420 Avenue P. That's P for periodontal. Between East 14th and East 15th Streets in Midwood. You can visit him online at Joseph Lichter DDS. Uh, you know, I, it's, keep the music going there, uh, Johnny, for a second, because it seems to me you want to shop around, get the best advertised special you can find, then go to drjosephlichterdds.com, and he'll beat it. No, you just missed it because he had his Christmas in August sale. That's crazy. His Christmas crazy in August he'll beat him. Sale. All right, Johnny, thank you. we got to get out. As we hyped earlier, thank you, by the way, for Dr. Joseph Lichter and Atlas Steakhouse. Yeah. We, as we hyped earlier, it is our back-to-school edition. Kids went back to school today, at least in the public schools. That's all that really matters. To me, it does. Do the Catholic schools even exist anymore? Yeah, oh, there's Catholic schools. Yeah. They're, Parro- listen, they're, parochial, they're, parochial. A good value, they're a good value for some families. Okay. And I, I, I'm not knocking the Catholic schools other than, obviously, the religion. Oh, you wouldn't take the religious course? No, you can't. Well, you can't opt out of the religion course. It's no, mandatory. you can't. Even if you go. Uh, I went to a Catholic school, Catholic high school growing up, and we actually had uh, kids that were not Catholic that went to school. But, yes, they still had to take the religion uh, courses. No, I don't mind religion being taught. Re- religion exists, Johnny. There's, there's no way to avoid it. But you can't. You cannot. I do not like prayer in school. Oh, we would have I mean? a mo- we, I believe we'd have a morning prayer. No, I don't like prayer in school. We had a morning prayer and a morning, uh, so it's probably like a morning Our Father and a morning uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, you really go all the way to Our Father? I think that's what we'd start with. Well, yeah. that's, that's like ser- is that, so That's the Lord's Prayer, is it It not? is the Lord's Do you know prayer. it, by the way? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. This is the most important part. Okay, go. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Do we? And lead us not into evil. Wait, and lead no. us not into temptation, temptation, ah. but deliver us from evil. Very, and that's the whole prayer. Well, there's some other thing about the you kingdom know, and the power and the glory, I but got, I don't, I don't, I don't. I got one problem with I that, Johnny. I don't subscribe Johnny. to that. Do you, do you ever read in Mark Twain? 
No. Mark Twain has a famous story where he talks about deliver us, uh, deliver us from temptation. Wait a second. He's, you've never read Mark Twain. Where'd you go to school? <laughs> I'm, I'm dyslexic. I hardly read at all. Okay. You, did you ever listen to Mark Twain? Maybe. Okay. Anyway, Mark. Have Twain. you heard of Mark Twain? <laughs> I've heard of him. Mark Twain has a story. Samuel Clemens. Does that ring a bell? Ma Mark Twain has a story in which he, the prayer becomes d lead us into temptation, so we can prove that we can resist temptation, which is actually better than being spared. Indeed, the last temptation of Christ is about that very topic too, that he's holier because he is tempted and rejects the temptation rather than ignore, you know, isn't even tempted. You see what I mean, Johnny? I so there's a it. lot to talk about. If you read Mark Twain, there's a lot there. All right. Anyway, we gotta get out. All right, so now Vince, we are going to reach out to Susan Fox, who started Park Slope Parents, which is a great website, Johnny. You don't, you're not a parent or a Park Sloper. I'm a Park Slope parent. She's a Park Slope parent. It's our back to school edition. So I'm going to reach out to her right now. Try not to steal this number because this is a private number. Yeah, this is private now. Do not be stealing. All right, here we go. We'll get her on the phone right now. That's oh, ringing. That's nice. Hello, my dear. Uh, Susan Fox, this is Gersh Kuntzman from Brooklyn Paper Radio, and you're on the air live with Vince DiMaselli, editor-in-chief of the Brooklyn Paper. How are you, Susan Fox? I am excited that kids are back in school. It sounded Ooh. like you were pouring a, a glass of white wine there. Am I right? Uh, actually red. Okay, there you go. Oh, there you go. Anyway, Susan Fox, now you're the creator of the Park Slope Parents website, which is without a doubt the ultimate compendium of parental knowledge and discussion in Park Slope. Am I right? I would say that's a good, that's a good description. All right. So, you've, you, and you have two kids in the public school system. Yes. You've been doing this for more than a decade. I'm about to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Give me your favorite back-to-school story that you heard in all your years at Park Slope Parents. Oh, my favorite back-to-school story... Um, I, oh God, so much pressure. Uh, probably, uh, showing up at the wrong class and, and that was embarrassing and awful. Oh yeah, but that, you can do better than that. I'll tell you my best back to school story yeah, is, tell me, tell you me know, me. you always have that dream where you go to school in your pajamas. You actually oh, I did. I did it once. So when I have that dream, it's like real. It actually happened. I did it once. Yeah. Did it once. Why? Why? I, I just, I literally went to school in my pajamas. How old were you? I was like nine years old. You were nine years old and your parents just didn't care? No, no, no. I think I left the house without them even knowing it. And you just went right to school? Went to school. Anyway, Susan, we got Susan Fox. Hello, Susan. Okay, so, so I have a story related to that. There you go. And that was, I got up in the middle of the night, got out of bed, decided to put my clothes on, walked to the bus stop in the dark in about... Oh, five minutes waiting for the bus stop. I realized, you know what? It's it's too dark to be the time to go to school. So I went home, and it was four thirty in the morning. Yeah, we don't go yeah. to school in Iceland, right? <laughs> All right, but Susan, exactly. you've been you've been covering the schools and the parenting issues for a long time. You know what parents say in Park Slope. Put you on the spot again. Are the schools in Brooklyn getting better or worse? on the school but I think overall they're getting better I think that there's a lot of choices especially in middle school mm -hmm. I've seen you know and, and Gersh you and I have kids that are that are both in 10th grade and when we were trying to apply for middle school there were maybe two choices yeah two choices 
and now there's more like five or six. Hmm. My two choices were homeschooling or the one school my daughter went to. And I wasn't going to do homeschooling because, first of all, you don't want to learn anything from me. No, I mean, I have screwed person. up every, every, at every crossroads of my life, Susan Fox, I have made the wrong decision. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, You've it is. You've got and the rest of your life to fix it, though. Oh, you, and, and I'm doing choices. Baby, I'm doing it every day. All right. So, yeah, so I would, I would definitely say that the school system is getting better. You know, again, when our kids were younger, there were one or two elementary schools that were, you know, the, the, there's a, a video online called Shit Parks Will Parents Say, and they're like, oh, that's like 321, only, only different. You know, 321 was the school, and then there was 107, and then PS10 uh, kind of got in the mix, and PS39 got in the mix, and now there's PS133. So I really do think there's a lot of really good choices. And I'll, oh, I shouldn't forget 118 and 124 as well. So. I mean, this is just a, this, this is a bunch of numbers. Yeah, now you're just doing a, math. This is all elementary. All right, what about charter schools, Susan Fox? Where are you on charter schools? Yeah, where do you stand? Well, or sit? I... Oh, wait a second. It's because it's a controversy on Park Slope Parents. I hear it. I read it. Well, I'm hearing it right now. That, that both of my children are at charter school. So when you said your, both of your children are at uh, public school, then I didn't. I didn't want to make you feel like you were wrong. So, yeah, both of my children are at, uh, at charter schools. That's a public school, so. though. It's just a public school that's yeah. not run by the Department of Education. Exactly. Right, right. All right, so, so what's the experience? What are you learning? Well, I mean, this is an uh, international baccalaureate program. Uh, the Bach. Which uh, is yeah. what they do a lot of times in Europe. So uh, a very rigorous 10th, 11th, 12th experience for my older daughter, uh, a kind of a leg up for some of the things that they do. And, and I can't speak to the other high schools or middle schools, but we've had a great experience. So right, I, can't, I, I can't bad mouth charter schools at all. Well, but okay, but what do you, but you listen, you've got about 100,000 parents jawing all day long on Parksville Parents. What do they say about Eva Moskowitz and her Success Academy? Or what do they say about Basics or whatever? What are those other charters? What they're saying stuff. Tell us. Stuff is being said. Well, well I mean, the, the issue is, is the fit for the kid. I know somebody who went to an, uh, who sent their daughter to an Eva Moskowitz story. It wasn't a good fit at all. I've also talked to kids at, in the same friendly family pool that have had great success at a, at a success, have been successful at success. Mm. So you, it depends kind of sometimes on the kid and how, how rigorous the parents are and what kind of experiences the parents want to have. Because you know me, Susan Fox, I favor the cookie-cutter approach. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just who I am. Everybody sure, should yeah. go to public school. Curriculum should be the same. And kids have just got to be bent into that cookie-cutter. That's it. you got to well, get them you know, the square peg in the round hole. Uh-huh. Yeah, but but I think we're still doing. You know, we you can look at the research, and we're still doing kind of an injustice to the yep. the boys who are less likely to sit still. Mm. We don't give them the time to to adapt. They're just they're when they're young and in elementary school, they can't sit still as much. And then how often? Maybe twice a week they go to gym. Yeah, gotta, gotta, yeah, gotta get not, some you're exercise. Right. You're right. To, not to say that everybody shouldn't have gym. But if you look at the research, which I can't pinpoint right now, but I will if you want me to uh, send you some post. Yeah, uh, Johnny, we're going to put that up. Yeah, put that on, put that up there in the background. Okay, okay. 
Um, then I, you know, I think that that we shouldn't take a cookie cutter approach. The difficulty is it's really, really hard. Is there what of of the eight and a half million people in New York City, three million are in the public school system? Is that is that inaccurate? No, there's no, no way. That, no, that seems, not accurate. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's in the. It's a million. It is a lot. Okay. Yeah. So what's the biggest challenge? facing the public school system because de Blasio's got his ideas, Cuomo's got his ideas, President Obama slash President Trump's got his ideas. What is the challenge? My wife's on the school leadership committee. She has her ideas. There you go. Ooh, but what are her ideas? Oh, she's got lots of them. But what's the challenge? In other words, what is the biggest thing facing the school system right now? I suppose, since I'm not working for it, I mean, yeah, I, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, that's right. I can say whatever I want. I mean, I, I think I think some of the difficulty is accountability. Mm. You know, how do you how do you make sure the teachers are great teachers? Because you've got a very strong union, which is wonderful at, in some some instances, not so great at other instances. And, you know, can you prune the bad teachers? And if so, how? And I don't think our children should be the ones who prove or disprove the worth of a teacher. Hmm. So here's, here's a class that was a rough class and the, they didn't do well in their tests, so we're going to fire the teachers. So I know that, that things have changed over the last few years and that's not as prevalent as it was. But, you know, that's not how we should be doing using Standardized testing. Mm-hmm. Now we mention it every week, and I want to talk about it now because I think what you're what you're leaning at here is is the Common Core and this tough curriculum, lots of testing that's going to come back, and some people think bite the teachers in the rear end. For, right? for the record, Susan, this is the first time he's ever mentioned the Common Core in the context of a discussion about the Common Core. That's true. <laughs> so what what is your take on the Common Core? Do you think this is this is uh, it could be the cookie cutter approach that Gersh is so happily talking about over here, or is it something different? What's, what's your take on it? Well, I mean, my experience in at PS 107, I felt like they would try to teach you many different ways to learn something. And, and having taught, now what you may not know is I used to teach research methods and statistics at a college level. There are people who learn it different ways. I did not know yeah. that. <laughs> I did not know that. And I still teach at NYU. There you go. All right. A little plug Ola. Um, okay. There you go. There you go. Occasional class. Um, but let me know if they need a journalism guy. <laughs> oh, I'll let you know. All right. Thanks. But there are some people that learn. They can just read the book and learn it. Some yep. people have to do it. Some people have to be shown how to do it. So I'm not, you know, if you say common core as this ominous thing, then it can be like, okay, these are the things they have to learn. And that can be tough. But depending on how they're teaching them, it seems to me in some instances that they are learning to teach the Common Core, at least from my experience, in a lot of different ways so that it's not just rote memorization. Right. That's very, not, that's not, very just, not just teaching to the test, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Although most of the schools that I've heard of have some sort of test prep and those things, because there are there are schools that they get after don't. school test prep. They have all sorts yeah. of stuff like but that. But Susan, I got to tell you something. I'm not that old, and I remember when I was a kid, they always would teach us to the test, and there wasn't even a test back then. No, there was a test. There well, was. you were in Westchester. Yeah, no, Westchester. there was a statewide. There was definitely a statewide. Yeah, test. we had regences, and they taught us no, to the no, test. No, no, no. When you were in elementary school, there was a statewide 
English test, and there was a statewide uh, math test. Yeah, and they taught to us it. Well, you, you know, they, <laughs> they you, taught it to us. You know, but they didn't teach it. They certainly didn't teach the way they teach now. At least, you know, what I'm what I'm seeing with my kid is they're teaching. You know, you have a toolbox and all these different ways to oh, yeah, go toolbox. about yeah. problem solving, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. But uh, you're you know, a problem solver, Vince. I all I do is solve problems. So, Susan, I mean, what what do you think about my comment about that? That they, they, they always taught to the test. Well, you know, I remember I I moved every two years of my life because mm. my father was in the Air Force, so. I saw a lot of different schools. We were in a pod school in one district. We, we were in, uh, in Se- I was in Seattle. And, and in Oklahoma, I remember taking test after test after mm-hmm. test to, to make sure that I was learning stuff. And it was supposedly an extremely progressive school system. In, in Oklahoma? So in, in Oklahoma. Progressive in Oklahoma is like a, uh, a right-wing conservative in New York. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't. Did I did I do that I, right? I, I, yeah, you did that. Yeah, yeah I think you did. Yeah, I think that works. Yeah, yeah. So, so this was 1976, and of course, you know, 76. saying my age at 51, I I don't see that it's changed that much. Wow. And unless unless personal personal opinion, unless we're willing to send our kids to school year round like they do in a lot of other countries and totally change the system, then I feel like we are going to continue to limp along mm. at a certain level. You, c- yeah. you can't have year round schooling because um, kids have got to get out on the farm. They got to. If my kid didn't have time <laughs> off, when would, he, when would he play video games? <laughs> right, exactly. Susan Fox, yeah. we got to get out. You've had a very interesting life. Every two years, you're moving around. I, I, I thought for a second, like, maybe your father was a congressman or something. Every two years, he got oh, thrown out of office and a, moved somewhere else. She was an Air Force brat. Air Force brat. Well, hey, Susan, how did you know? You said it. You said it, yes. <laughs> Susan you Fox, said. the founder of Park Slope Parents, the greatest website for parents in Park Slope ever. The original internet bubble, Park Slope Actually, Parent. All of Brooklyn, just to plug it that way, if you're in Brooklyn and have kids, we talk about tweens and deodorants and makeup. It's amazing. Well, what is it about deodorant and tweens? The should they or shouldn't they? Well, I say you start them early. <laughs> I agree. Well, if they stink, you sure as heck do. Wow, so that's like... It, no, but if, you, if they stink, that means you didn't start them early enough. Uh, well, I don't know. I, don't I love know. the way you just throw that in. It's like, if they stink, you should. Like, all of France disagrees with you. Like, literally, a whole country <laughs> disagrees with that one sentence. We got to get out. Susan Fox, you're fantastic. We will enjoy seeing you all year long at the school. Well, are you going to come and help us with the Halloween parade? Or oh, of course. As you know, but, but listeners of the Brooklyn Paper Radio know me as the Park Slope, the Prospect Park West bike lane. They know me as Miss Brooklyn. I was the Tin Man one year. Mm-hmm. And yes, I am making my triumphant return as a character from Murder at the Food Co-op this year. A play you oh. didn't see, by the way. Play you I, didn't I thought see. you were going to be Tom Sawyer. Anyway, we got to get out. Susan Fox, okay. a legend in Park Slope. Hugs around. Hugs. Ah, okay. Thank right, you. Get out. That's what they do in Park Thank you very much. Johnny, she it's does it again. Hugs. It's all about all right. hugs. We got to reach out right now, Johnny. Can you give me another phone? Do you want to what? Yeah, I want to call another person. We're doing another call. We're not wasting any time here. We're getting right into the next call. Then we're going to do the third call. And then if you look on our list of things to do, Johnny, you'll see commercial. Well, we're, now we're reaching out. You've heard from Susan Fox. Now we're reaching out to an actual public school student. One of This two. is unprecedented on Brooklyn Paper Radio, <laughs> especially when we can't get them on the phone. I'm going to try it again, Johnny. So in Stranger Things, they have this phone, 
and it's on the wall and it has a dial and it's wired. Wow, that's weird. We should get one of those. Yeah. Does it always work? Always. They pick it up and it just works. They, they talk to the other side. They're getting people on the other side. Well, it's ringing. Yeah, but are we going to reach people on the other side? Let's see. Hello? Hello? Oh, uh, oh is, that, is that an actual public school student? Yes, it is, as a matter of fact. All right. Well, for the record, you're on the radio with Gersh Kuntzman of the Daily News and Vince DiMaselli of Brooklyn Paper. So this is just a random public school student out there in the world. Is that correct? I'm, I'm so happy to be here, yes. Okay. All right. So listen, random public school student, wh what school yes. do you go to? I am currently at Edward R. Murrow High School. Right. Edward, he's a world-famous journalist. Yes, he is. Do yes. they teach you about Edward R. Murrow at the school? Like when you get there, for like orientation, first day, do they go over what Edward R. Murrow was all about? They or taught me absolutely nothing about him. Yeah, I had the same problem. I went to Elias Bernstein Intermediate School. You went to Bernstein? Yeah, at not one point during my stay there did they say, oh, by the way, Elias Bernstein was a lawyer. Right. Who, who fought who fought for the good people of Staten Island? All right. Well, anyway, Ed, Edward R. Murrow High School. Listen, random student, why don't you just give yeah. us the one the, the the short pitch? Are you enjoying? Did you enjoy your freshman year there? Yes, I did. Did you learn a lot? Yes, I should say so. What was the most yeah. important thing that you learned? Um, I learned how to slink away in the shadows so I don't get beat up in the hallways. Wow. Interesting. A lot of bullies at Edward R. Murrow High School? Because Edward R. Murrow would not stand for that. Well, then you should contact him somehow and tell him that his school is crazy. Well, we have a phone here that we think reaches the other side, so we're going to work on that. Um, so, so random, random high school student, you're telling me it's yes. violent in the public school system? Yes, there is some wow. violence. Breaking news. And what I, we are breaking news. Now, I understand that math was uh, a bit of a challenge last year, factoring out polynomials. How, how did you feel at the end of, this, end of the year? You did, I think you did pretty well. Wow, was that a no comment? Random high school student, are you there? Hello. Oh, the random oh. high school student is back. Yes. Ra random high school student, we asked you um, about math. Math was a bit of a challenge also, wasn't it? Yes, it was. You were factoring polynomials and y equals mx plus b. How'd you feel at the end of the year, though? I think you did pretty well. I, I believe, I hope I did very well. Um, it was a struggle, but overall, I think I got through it. You've been in public schools for like 10 years. Give us your, give us your favorite or least favorite public school story. All right. Um, well, there was um, freshman, not freshman, um, the first day of sixth grade, where I was starting a brand new middle school. Mm. Um, it was like 95 degrees out, and mm. I had just bought this new dress I was very excited to wear, and I get into my classroom where there are no air conditioning oh my at God. all. At all. And there was like 30 kids in the class, and I don't know if it was my nerves or just the heat, but I sweat completely through my dress. And it looked like I had wet myself. Wow. And I had to go around. Yes, it was terrible. I had to go around the entire day meeting my teachers and my peers looking like I had peed all over myself. Peed all over yourself. Had you actually peed all over yourself? No, I have. I did not, wow. as a matter of fact. It's Maybe funny. you didn't. You blocked out that memory, and now it's become sweat. Yeah, because we were just That's talking. So. We were just talking to Susan Fox of Park Slope Parents, who said that kids your age and younger should be wearing antiperspirant. That that is very true. I stand by her. Yeah. Well, that topic. 
All right, mm-hmm. let's drop the charade for a second, Vince. I want to tell you who we're on the phone with. We're on yeah, the phone with. This? We're on the phone with Edward R. Murrow, sophomore Jane Kuntzman, my daughter, who, of whom I am unbelievably proud. Yeah, you heard it, Jane. Oh. Jane, I'm very proud of you. I have wait. I have a question. You're a sophomore this year. Do you know the the Latin uh, root of sophomore? What, what that what that actually means? No, I thought I made it clear that my t- my school didn't teach very much. Oh, mm. there you go. No. Do, you, do you know what it means, Chris? Uh, sophomore. Sophomore. Do you know what that means? Uh, no. Wise fool. Wise fool. Yeah, wise fool. Look it up. Look it up. Why? Are the, right. Why is the sophomore the wise fool? I, I don't know. Because they think they know everything now. They've been there a year. Yep. They think they know everything. But you know what? You don't know half as much as the juniors. Whoa. Jane, that's a cautionary uh-huh. tale. Yeah. That's, that's Be not careful. Just, that, that's not just really? a bit of etymology. There's a story behind that. Yep. Wow. Don't yeah. that They call it the sophomore slump for that reason. Mm. And the, soft, right, so the we, sophomore jinx. We got to get out. Jane, what are you most excited about this year at Edward R. Murrow High School? Um... I am starting acting classes, and I'm very excited to be in shows Ooh. and learn a lot more. Because you know what they say, there's no business like show business. That is very true. Did yeah. you see any good plays this summer? I did, sort of. I did. It was all right. It was called Murder at the Food Co-op. It was just all right? It was pretty good. I have to say, it was pretty, pretty good. I saw it with Gersh, with uh, Gersh's mom, and she was laughing at all the filthy jokes. That's what I'm talking Sorry, about. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. It was yeah. pretty dirty. Raunchy. Every right, one we, of them. We got to get out, Jane. Uh, great talking to you on the on the radio. I'll probably be home soon. And see you. Tuck you in and and wish you good for the uh, high school second year of high school. Jane Kuntzman, everybody. Jane Kuntzman, there she is. Luck on the show. Thank, Thank you, Jane. You. Thank you. She's okay. fantastic. I love her so much, and I can't live without her. I can't live without you her. You cannot. I've been saying that for years. All right. So should we reach out to another public school student? No, I think we should do uh, We should do one of these. You want to pay then, a bill? Yeah, let's pay a bill, and then we'll reach out to another public right. school student. Why don't you pay a bill? Listen, are you looking for a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable price? Then look no further than Dr. Joseph Lichter. The dentist and skilled hygienist at Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art office use the most up-to-date technology and techniques to provide you the best experience possible. Dr. Lichter and his staff perform traditional dental procedures such as teeth cleaning, fillings, root canal therapy, and tooth extractions. But how did, how did tooth cleaning become a traditional? I mean, that's That's basic. a traditional. Okay. Fine. You got it. No, they've been doing that for years. <laughs> I guess it is. But in addition, they offer the latest in restorative and cosmetic dentistry, including implants, porcelain veneers and crowns, fixed bridges, and more. Wait, it's only for British people? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's British or if I'm just going deeper. I'm just okay, trying to get it, a little deeper. It, I think sometimes I'm too high. And I mean my voice. <laughs> Procedures can that can make a broken smile look like new. The offer the office also offers Invisalign. That's an alternative to metal braces that uses virtually invisible plastic aligners that shift teeth into place over a period of time. Isn't it time you visit a high-quality state-of-the-art dentist who keeps dentistry affordable so everyone can benefit? Call Dr. Lichter's office today at 718. 718- 339-7878 to set up an appointment that can improve your quality of life. Dr. Joseph Lichter, he's online. He's at 1420 Avenue P for Periodontal. East 14th and East 15th Streets in Midwood. You can visit him at his website, josephlichterdds.com. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to read mine the same way. You, you want to get down yeah. low? Yeah. Atlas oh, Steakhouse baby. offers you a selection of premium cuts yeah. aged on site for perfect texture and taste. So let's run that down. Atlas Steakhouse, an extensive list of vintage wines, expertly mixed cocktails and signature cocktails, signature appetizers guarantees to stimulate your palate, 
Atlas Steakhouse, your choice of steak, crafted into a culinary masterpiece just for you. And don't let me forget this, delightful desserts, mm. each sweeter than the last. Oh yeah. That's Atlas Steakhouse, a completely unique dining experience, 943 Coney Island Avenue. Bang it, my Find head. us online at atlasteak.com. All right, let's give a call out. We're going to do another call here. We're, We're going to reach out to a public school student? Another public school student. I hope he doesn't bring up the Common Core. We already did that. You think so? Yeah. I wonder if this. I wonder if this works. Who's this kid? Uh, I think he. He's also a uh, anonymous student. Hello. 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 Is this. Uh, is this Vince Michael? <laughs> Wait a second. What are you doing? Are you eating food in the middle of a phone call, a, a radio show? Yes, I am. Yes. All right. What are you having? A cookie. All right. You know you're oh, on the. You're, you're, you're on the radio. Let's be professional here, okay? Okay. All right, listen, you know what we're talking about today on the radio show, correct? Uh, back to school. That's right. We are talking about back to school. You're here with Vince DiMaselli and Gersh Kuntzman on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Tell me, how exciting is it to be going back to school? Um, What's the thing you're looking forward to most? Christmas. Christmas vacation. <laughs> That's a very yeah, good answer. Like Christmas vacation. Now, you're starting what grade there, son? I'm going to fourth grade. Oh, wow. wow fourth, fourth grade. grade. That, uh, that makes officially makes you a big grader. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, I, yes, yes. Yes. So you're one of the oldest kids in the school now? Um, not one of the, I'm not one of the oldest, but I, I might be. Um, there's this kid named David, and he's the tallest, and I'm the second tallest. Oh, oh. tall David. I hate that kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Vince is asking the easy questions. Now, little Vince, I am going to ask the tough questions because I'm Gersh Kuntzman of the Daily News. What are you most nervous about with the opening of school? I don't know. Are you nervous about anything? I'm nervous about the end of summer. No. Oh. I, I don't know. Boy, you you were sh- shucking and jiving like uh, like Gregory Hines in in uh, the uh, History of the World Part One. Now you've been in school. This will be your fifth year in in actual public school. What what do you think is the most important thing that you've learned so far? Um, I think it's multiplication. They don't no no help from the peanut gallery. <laughs> I think it's I don't. Yeah, well, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's, I think it might, I don't know, it might be cursive. I haven't even fully learned cursive, but I think it might be cursive. Why do you think cursive is so important? Because it's like a new way to write. Yeah, and you know what? Not enough kids, I'll be honest with you, Vince, mm-hmm. at both Vince's, I, not enough people know how to write. Like, physically write. I mean, we know that nobody knows how to write. We, we work in newspapers. These people don't know what they're doing. No. But <laughs> literally, physically being able to write, that's tough. It's a dying art, Vince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, have you learned how to type yet? Are they teaching you typing in school? They have old typewriters there. No, we don't. No, no, well, type, I, no type. I got another tough question. What is two plus two? Four. Oh, he just batted that he one aside. It. He no, it's like it. If I asked Donald Trump that question, I don't know. Donald Trump. What about Jimmy? What about Jimmy? Jimmy. Jimmy. Oh, no, if no, no, Mark no, no. Twain and Ernest Hemingway are having dinner together, how many people are at the table? Oh no. <laughs> That's Jimmy, our producer. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to this. Yeah, we got to get fourth back to grade. It. Fourth grade, what are they going to teach in fourth grade? I think you're going to do some multi- a lot of multiplication. You're going to do some reading. You're going to read some good books. What's your favorite book? Um, uh, My favorite book. Um, well, what were you reading last night? Uh, I, I, oh, I, was re- I read Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I read Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And there's no, which one is your favorite? 
Um, I think it's The Long Haul, because that one is just about him going on a trip, which takes several twists and turns, and becomes a catastrophe. It becomes a catastrophe? Yeah, it's, it's just what it's like, it's like a, his, fam, his family go on this trip, but there's like several twists and turns, and you, and he goes like, it's like the trip just becomes crazy, and... Uh, they go home with a new pet pig. That's how they come home. A pet pig, that is pig. Yeah, they uh, they they lose the, they lose all their credit cards. They they get this baby. They win a baby pig. By I mean, it, sound, it sounds like a weekend a contest. It sounds like a weekend vacation for me. And they eat fi- fried butter on a stick. Nice. They're in a terrible hotel. Yeah, like as I said, it sounds like my weekends. Yeah. And ends, like wet towels and cigarette burns. And <laughs> is this the autobiography of Gersh Kunstman? Is that what this is? No. <laughs> I'm, get, no. I'm, I'm getting raves from the, from the <laughs> peanut gallery there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get out. No, we got to get out. But we always offer our, 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 uh, our guests a chance to talk about whatever they want to talk about on the air. and uh, so we're Whatever gonna do that. he or we're, she wants to talk about. We're going to do that for you today, Vince. Now, was there something that was on your mind that you wanted to tell us, particularly about the Brooklyn Paper and how they go about their business? It is the Brooklyn Paper Radio logo. Because I don't think the Brooklyn Paper logo should be like a joke. I think the logo should be like, just go back to what it used to be. Why? Right, just slow it down for a second. Just for our listeners who maybe haven't seen the logo, what's, what is the logo that you're talking about? It makes the Brooklyn look like a continent. Oh, the the one where Brooklyn is on the globe and there's nothing else on the globe. Yeah, it's a, it says your world, your news. Yeah, your so. world. So what bothers you about that? Well, it's a joke. Wow. So, like... <laughs> He's literally saying, Vince, you're a freaking joke. That, <laughs> am I here to amuse you? He's saying, is it... Now, but aren't there some things in the newspaper that are funny and isn't there a, a place yeah. for that in news? Yes. Yes, there is, but it's a newspaper. Like, it's giving you real news. Like, so it's not like the funny newspapers, like the Onion and things. Wow, he's really... I got to thank you for this, because it's really bringing it out to light. I had no idea there was so much hostility in the community against the Brooklyn Paper logo. (laughs) Now, you take it back to the old logo, which was what? It was BP. And I know that my father is against acronyms. Yes, he is. Yes. Good, I've learned good that, use of the word acronym. I l- I've learned that from, from someone. But so maybe it could just be uh, Brooklyn Paper and like small letters. like. Yeah. That's the, really small letters. You know, the problem I have with BP is it could mean a thousand different things. Yeah. It British, could mean British Petroleum. Petroleum. Yeah, British Petroleum. But. Wow. All right. Look, I'm not going to fight you on this, kid. I'll tell you my favorite acronym, just as an aside. Go. The Man from UNCLE. What does UNCLE stand for? Does what, anyone do you know what UNCLE stands for in The Man from UNCLE? No, I do not. Well, jo- Johnny, do you know? No. Well, Johnny's never read anything, so we're going to have to look that up. But, Johnny, we're going to put that up on the web so people know what the man from Uncle is. All right. Uh, Vince, anything else you want to plug? Um, Last no. chance. No, no. All right, and you enjoyed your summer? I have enjoyed my summer. What was the most fun you had on the summer, during the summer? I think it was when I went with my friends to upstate New York. Oh, a little trip upstate New York, and you did not end up taking home a pig, did you? Yes, sir. I, didn't, I did not end up taking home a pig. You know, I probably should have told you, because I actually know what the man from UNCLE means. I was, th- I was letting Johnny figure it out. Try to figure it it's out. It's United Network Command for Law and Enforcement, which we all can get behind. I think we should. Yeah. 
Anyway, the man from Uncle. There you go. All right, we got to get out, young Vince. Thank Vince, you. Vince, thanks for Thank giving us a call. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, I will see you when I get home late tonight when I will be sure to tuck you in and give you a good night kiss, my nine-year-old son. Oh, nine-year-old son. Okay, you thank go. you very much. Starting for, start fourth grade. Awesome. Take care. We just, we, just, we just hung up on him. I we think did. he hung up on us. I know. He, All he right, we got to get out. So listen, we've covered a lot of ground today. We've got... We, ha- we heard from our sponsors, Joseph Lichter and Atlas Steakhouse. You know, we- a- after these shows, I have to come up with a, with a headline for the show. Oh, the headline is, back to school! Is exclamation it, mark. Is it back to school or is it, no. Brooklyn Vince, Paper logo stinks. Yeah, Vince, Vince to Vince, colon, <laughs> your logo sucks. That's what it was. All right, we covered the Juve shooting with Alexandra Simon, who's an award-nominated fun. journalist. We talked about our summer reading list. I read, obviously, The Plot Against America by Philip Roth. And we talked about the disastrous conclusion of the cyclone season. Last thing I want to bring up, Vince. We got to get uh, we got to get Gamboa on Baseball. the phone next week. The last thing I want to bring up, because yeah. it's going to be in the Brooklyn paper at some point. Mm-hmm. They are closing the Pavilion Theater in October for a one-year renovation to turn it into a Nighthawk cinema. Finally, a little bit of that Williamsburg hipster charm comes to Park Slope and the WT. I'm excited. So you are excited about oh, this? Oh, yeah, definitely. Have Big you fan. been to the Nighthawk Center? I've been to Nighthawk many times. What have you? What, what was the last movie you saw there? Uh, I don't remember which the last movie, but I, I remember I, what I had for dinner. What was the first movie you saw <laughs> Don't there? remember. I had, I like to get, they, they make a barbecue so wait, sandwich. I don't, I mean, look, I'm the editor of the Brooklyn paper. Yeah. I've not been to Nighthawks. You should go. I want to go. Let's go. I can't go right now. Okay. But I want to know what's it all about. You're saying that you're, you're making it sound like this is the greatest thing in the world. It's like 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 a like a steakhouse. Well, no, it's a little bit like Atlas Steak except with a movie. So you go in, you get a cocktail, and they have a great bar. Uh-huh. You sit down, and then there's a little slip of paper with a tiny little light that doesn't, doesn't deflect from your appreciation of the fine movie on screen. And you slip it down to the waitress. And she, suddenly she shows up with a plate of a barbecued sandwich and fries. Oh, really? So it's, you watch, it's a dinner and a movie. Dinner and a movie. Right, they're opening up another movie theater over here, like Alamo. Alamo? Yeah, Alamo Draft House. So Alamo this Draft is the House? new thing, and I got to tell you something, Johnny. It is going to be a very important thing for Park Slope and Windsor Terrace. So I support it. Now we wanted to have the good people from Nighthawk Cinema on the radio tonight, but they said they were unavailable. Hmm. So we're going to talk to them down the road. Anyway, we got to get out. Vince. Well, I think the big news in that story was the fact that they were originally going to turn that into uh, condos on top of the movie theater, and now those condos are. No longer there. Those condos apparently are temporarily off the table. You know they're going to be back. You think so? It's one of the most important sites in Windsor Terrace. It's on the southeast corner, southwest, sorry, of Prospect Park. Yeah. If there is a Gold Coast in Brooklyn, that is it. It could very well Right be on it. top of a subway line. It's a great place to live. Great I place. live in Windsor Terrace. When was the last time you went to the Pavilion? I go to the Pavilion all the time. All the time. Really? When was the last time? Uh, I saw a sausage party there. Oh, really? Enjoyed it. Good movie? Oh, I love it. I would love to see that movie. Let's go. I'll see I it again I can't take the kid. I cannot No, take it's rated R. Yeah, not. All right, we got to get out. Johnny, play I the music. See play us out. I want to see Sully. Don't see Sully. Play us Why out. Why not? It's not very good. Uh, that's not what I heard. Well, anyway, I'm Gersh Kunstman of the Daily News, filling in for Gersh Kunstman of Brooklyn Paper Radio. And I'm Vince DiMasselli, filling in for Max Yeager. Catch us every week from the Brooklyn Paper Building in downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown. It's Brooklyn Paper Radio. See you next week.